Down goes Jordan, and as much celebrating as I'm sure the guys in that house did that night, you know, somewhere far, far away, two men by the name of CT and Bananas were also sending their thanks to one Mark Long, the godfather. The GOAT debate remains at two. Plus, a Wes-laid plan finally backfires. The treehouse changes their target. The defending champ defends that crown. And it's TJ's favorite time of the season, yours and mine alike. It's Trivia Day. It's the All-Stars 3 Episode 7 recap coming at you right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On the pod today, we are, of course, breaking down the seventh episode of this wonderful All-Stars 3 season. Before we do, single loan programming note to get out of the way, which is that last Friday we posted the Battle of the Sexes 2 rewatch and recap full season podcast. Check that out if you haven't already, but we posted that one. That was season nine, Battle of the Sexes 2, which means next up is the Inferno 2, the 10th season of the challenge, which means... And this is very important because I've been asked about it through the first nine seasons. The number one question I got, almost one of the only questions I got, but I got it a lot, was where can we watch with you? Well, guess what? We're on to the 10th season, which means we're on to Paramount Plus streaming platform. The Inferno 2 season 10 is when seasons start on Paramount Plus. So as of now, as of right this moment, you can binge right along with me. You can follow right along the rest of the way as we continue through the 2022 Challenge Series rewatch. So fire up those subscriptions. That Inferno 2 podcast will be coming next Monday. So you've got the end of this week and all weekend to binge right along with me that glorious season, and then tune in, listen to the full breakdown next Monday or anytime that you've got the time in your busy lives next week. So that's your program. No, other than that, we'll of course be back next week on Wednesday for more All-Stars, the penultimate episode, I think, maybe, maybe not. Um, I thought this was going to be the penultimate episode, turned out not to be. So who knows, but that is not today's topic, because today is all about the episode that came out today. That would be episode seven. Let's get right into it with our Cliff Notes recap. Everything that went down in episode seven, plot-wise and otherwise, as fast as we can. It's our Cliff Notes recap. We do start every episode this way. Let's get our brains back wrapped around what we just watched. Here we go, quickly as we can. Three, two, one, and we are off. The episode opens with Mark acting as fake MJ for John A to cuddle against, Derek talking some shit, and Veronica calling home to her girlfriend Alexis. Meanwhile, Kellyanne chats with Ronnie in hopes of infiltrating the treehouse, but to no avail. Then it's off to the Daily Challenge, and just from the look on TJ's face, the players know what day it is. Trivia time. This version is called Shooting Stars. In separate heats, the men and women will stand on a platform hooked to a slingshot. 
Random trivia questions will be asked one by one. Get it right, you assign an X to another player. Get it wrong, you get an X yourself. Three X's and you are sent flying off the platform into the water. Last standing gets the win and a spot in the coveted authority. Sabotages are assigned. Brad goes for himself, interestingly. Kellyanne goes for Veronica. The women then are up first. While most questions are gotten wrong, there are no true embarrassing answers. Veronica, though, proves to be the smart about everything and gets all of her questions right, leading to an eventual victory. Men next with Derek pronouncing it, how dumb can you look, day. Wes starts off with an on-purpose wrong answer that he thinks is a smart strategy, but ultimately backfires as he and everyone not named Derek can't get anything right, and D takes home the big victory. Back at the house, there is a party. Tipsy is played, absolutely fantastic. Beer pong, potato sack races, limbo, all the games you can think of are had, but then the good times eventually fade to the game times because as always, we gotta get back to the game. Ronnie tries to confirm her standing in the treehouse. Derek and Mark chat about keeping Mark safe or taking a big swing, and Kellyanne offers up what she can to Veronica to keep herself safe. The authority meets, big decisions are made as Veronica and Derek go for Jordan and John A to send into the arena. At that arena, John A calls out Ronnie, Jordan calls out the Godfather, and they play pull your own weight. You've got to pull the weighted bag to the top of a tower to knock your puzzle pieces to the ground, then put together that Tangram puzzle and you win. The women go first, Ronnie gets her pieces down first, but only moments before John A, who then dominates the puzzle in a matter of seconds to get her second elimination win of the season and continues her title defense. Men next, the weighted bag proves a little tricky for Jordan, who falls well behind Mark in getting started on the puzzle, but both struggle for a minute. It's anyone's game before Mark finds the right placements, finishes the puzzle, and knocks out the most feared player in the game in Jordan. No finals announcement from TJ. Just a goodbye to Ronnie and Jordan, and we are officially down to the final 10 players. Alrighty then, let's talk some storylines. And gotta say, uh, we'll just start you know, from up top, this this episode does, uh, it's carried by trivia. We're going to talk about the trivia day here very in mere moments. Um, it is the bulk of the episode for a good reason, because this episode is uh, starting and this season is starting to suffer from the same thing that every season of the challenge, pretty much ever, there's rare, rare instances where it is not, but suffers from the obvious, the only fault in the whole setup of this type of game is that the later in the season you go, the less interesting the episodes get because there's less people there, there's less choices to be made, you know, there's just less things that can go down and you're more and more, when you get to the near end like this, unless something crazy happens, someone does something wild, someone calls out someone they shouldn't and does a big upset, something of that nature, you know, it's hard for the latter half of the season to really stay at the same level of entertainment as the early parts of a season have the opportunity to get to, which this season, All-Stars 3, certainly got there. As we said, first couple episodes of this straight-up A-plus challenge material in early seasons, premiere episodes, first third of a season has that possibility. It's ceiling of how great an early season episode of the challenge can be is that A-plus. It can be the best of the best. Late in the season, I feel like no matter what the season is, what the format, who the cast is, where it is, any any variables you want, the ceiling is lower just by virtue of how the game has to work. People obviously have to get eliminated. Someone has to eventually win. So it, it's no fault of this season or any of the seasons. It's just a product of the type of, you know, the fact that they are playing a game and that people have to lose, you know, throughout the season for the game to exist. But the ceiling 
later in the season is lower than it is early in the season when we've got all these people in the house, all just way more possibility for for everything, for for romance, for shenanigans, for backstabs, for big wins, uh, surprising losses, any anything of that. Much more opportunity early in the season. So as we get late in the season, we thought this episode very well could be the penultimate one. We've been back and forth the last few weeks of like, we thought this was a nine to 10 episode season. And then a couple of weeks ago, we we're like, oh, it seems like maybe this is only eight episodes. And then now we've learned that uh, you know, they did not say anything about on the next week on that next week is going to be some final. So this was episode seven. We are at least getting an episode eight and nine. Who knows? Maybe they're going to stretch that all the way into 10. As we discussed last week with the, not the debut of the challenge USA being on July 6th, that would overlap with the, if it was a 10 episode season, the final episode of all stars three on the same day is the first episode. If we just do nine, which is now looking what I would put my money on, then we are talking just a no break in between from one one show right into the other, which I'm guessing is what they wanted to do. So now that that's out of the way, I say all that to say that for an episode late in the season to be an awesome episode, it relies heavily, heavily, heavily on the sporting events. It relies heavily on the daily challenge and the eliminations to be very interesting, which is why it is very smart when they do what they did here and they save trivia, probably, you know, it not probably, it is the best ch- daily challenge they do any given season. Maybe it's not everyone's necessarily favorite. It is mine. It's obviously TJ's. And I think it is one of the favorites of most of the cast, even the cast that really don't like to do it, know that it's really fun and entertaining and good television. And they want to be there and be a part of that because it's probably one of the most memorable moments of the season every single season. So smart on them saving trivia to be able to carry a later in the season episode where there isn't a whole lot of drama. There isn't a whole lot going down. Only, you know, 12 people left in the house and there's only so much you can pull out of them with clear alliances at this point. No one willing to backstab. No one, you know, doing anything crazy. Just a very straightforward, we're going to do a daily, pending who wins. One of a few people is going to go into a limb. They're probably going to pick these people. That's our matchup. And we're just moving right along. So good on them. Saving trivia to this episode. And as for trivia, that's the biggest storyline today is the Daily Challenge. Let's talk about trivia. And let's start with the fact I'm I think this is the first time this has happened or at least the first time it's been like commented on and been a whole production at the beginning but as they walk out everyone in the cast knows immediately based on what they see in the background and what they see on TJ's face they know what time it is what time would that be Mr. TJ Ah oh, fuck that's a podium he has that we're about to do trivia smile He's got the laugh ready. How's it going, everyone? Yeah! <laughs> well, some of you have already guessed it. Yeah. By oh, your face. Because no. I can't get the smile off my face. <laughs> this is Trivia Day! So it's obvious. They're playing trivia. TJ can't help himself. He's smiling. He's laughing. He's giddy. He loves this challenge, as he should. This is definitely the one, you know, uh, If as far as TJ getting a lot to do in the challenges, some of the daily challenges, he kind of has almost nothing to do other than just maybe blow a horn, you know, give the explanation, start, and then blow a horn. Um, others, he at least 
you know, is there and gets to watch the whole thing and can occasionally comment or occasionally laugh or something. But some of the other ones, it's like I blow the horn and then, you know, the finish line's way over there and I'll meet you there, but I'm not really an interactive part. Trivia lets him be fully interactive and lets him have the best time. And it lets us, the viewer, have the best time because when TJ's having a great time, we're having a great time. This version of trivia is the proper version of trivia in my mind. The And by proper version, I mean where getting answers right, you get to give out strikes against people. Honestly, with this few amount of people left, the only thing I would say about this format is I would have given maybe given them more strikes. Like let's let's make let's you know sit in this trivia for a while. Three strikes, you don't end up asking all that many questions in the end. Uh, why not you know make it five? You know I get if there was double the amount of people playing this, you'd have to really really go through it. But that's the only thing I can give because I think the best version of trivia is mix something outside of just purely hey who can get the most questions right sometimes that's been fun you know there's been the times in the past like i'm thinking uh x battle of the x's one it would have been where they you know got flipped into a lagoon when they lost and it was purely just you know you you and your partner how many correct can you get highest score wins it works pretty well but i like this version because it does set the table of who can actually answer trivia questions right, but also let's put the alliances out in the open. Let's make people make decisions. And even if it leads to, you know, a dominant alliance can absolutely dominate the way, you know, Kellyanne is immediately out of this because the treehouse they get a couple answers right and boom, they all put it on the same person. She's gone. But it also gets to get that inter, intra, intra, I believe is the word I'm going for, intra alliance dynamic going where in this one particularly we have a ronnie and kayla find out all right veronica there's three of us who you know who's your number two and who's number three you go ahead and let it be known and it is known she picks kayla over ronnie and eventually you know that doesn't necessarily cost ronnie the going into the elimination losing but if she would have stayed around it gives her more information to go on within her alliance it you know plays a part in the strategic side of the game so i think this is the best version of trivia uh maybe only second to and this might be recency bias but having just watched battle of the sexes 2 where they do a trivia challenge where if you get it right or where you do the trivia question but then you have to jump a bmx bike off of a ramp and you can either choose to just go off the ramp no question for one two or three points or you can try to get a question right to get six points or no points if you get it wrong i think that one might just be the best only because i i just really wish that they would do that one again for tj to host because it's bmx plus trivia how is that not a tj lavin hosted thing but i digress this is probably the best version of trivia we're going to get and it was wonderful now, obviously with trivia, the best thing every time, the whole reason to do it, the entire entertaining factor is people getting answers wrong, which we had a lot of wrong answers. I did not do the final tally, but correct to incorrect answers, uh, th this was two to one at least. Uh, there was not a lot of correct answers to go around. There was also not totally that many really or really any like embarrassing, embarrassing answers we're going to run through a couple of the you know the worst ones here um momentarily but the thing about the trivia is sometimes there's straight up like holy cow that is 
truly embarrassing. You're never going to live that down in your life. You you deserve to have all your friends, family, and everyone in this show always forever comment on and bring back up that you said something like the, you know, the main language in Australia is Dutch. Johnny Bananas deserved, and he handles that, and others that do, you know, handle that well. This episode, we get close to maybe one of those moments. I don't know if we fully get there, because the thing about this that we have to remember is as much as we should laugh at and have a good time, that's the whole point, and I certainly did while watching is if you do put yourself in their shoes, the, some of these misses are understandable, and I thought the questions asked on this version were really, really fine-tuned to be those types that outside of the show, you and me sitting on the couch are like, boom, got that, but when you're standing up there with your game on the line and you're nervous about to you know, get yanked back into the water and you only get a little bit of time and all the pressure's there, you can make a simple mistake where you're like, oh, I know that answer, but I just mixed up the first name because there's two famous Armstrongs in my brain and I just blurted one out because I was so excited to know an answer and now I got it wrong or where a simple thing like which century is the six, is 1678, you're like, on the couch, you're like, yeah, I know how this works, but in the moment, you're like, wait, it's one different, 16 isn't 16, but then I go the other way and then I get it wrong. So, Totally understandable. Great question asking. Let's run through some of, you know, uh, let's call this, how many do we got down here? A top, yeah, we're going to go with the top five worst answers given. Uh, best wrong answers, let's call it that, because I, I want to applaud these folks for putting themselves on the line and letting us laugh at their own mental lapses. So your top five best wrong answers of the episode. First up is Naya. All right, Naya, in which century was 1678? <laughs> Come on, Naya. 16. Oh, my God. <laughs> Naya, I'm sorry, it is the 17th century. Damn, I know that the centuries are off by, like, 100 years. So if it's 1600s, then it will be the 1500s. Oh, wait. <laughs> and that is... Not the last time that someone would get the question, a second question or the same question wrong in confessional after the fact, but more on that to come. Then the next number four best wrong answer of the day goes to Kayla for not knowing who assassinated or, you know, the lead suspect, or I think they said the lead suspect. Isn't it pretty cut and dry? John Wilkes Booth did that anyways. Kayla got that one wrong. Kayla, who is the primary suspect in the assassination of President Lincoln? Oh, fuck it. I know, I know. I don't know. Paul Smith? Oh my God, that is so wrong. It's not even close. John Wilkes Booth. Then we had Jordan and Nehemiah actually back-to-back. We're going to just say tied for third because I didn't realize that uh, this clip, they did them so fast that I put these in the same one. But Jordan and Nehemiah, and really we could add Jordan, Jordan and Nehemiah because Jordan back-to-back wrong answers uh, really ends up costing him on both answers. I feel like he should have got right, but the second one a little more embarrassing than the first, followed immediately by Nehemiah with another one of those just great questions. Obvious, everyone could probably name two super-duper famous artists right off the bat. He asked, one of them's the answer, but you just blurt out an answer and you accidentally say the other one. So here is the third best wrong answer of the trivia day. Which geometric shape is used for stop signs? Uh, hexagon. 
That's an octagon, actually. Oh. Nehemiah, which painter famously cut off his own ear? Oh. Was it Picasso? No. Of course not! Jesus Christ, Nehemiah! Oh, Damn it! No! Here's the thing about trivia. Being in this house for so long and being cut off from all normalcy, you start to forget things easily. The correct answer is Vincent Van Gogh. I knew it. And then, of course, poor Brad. You know, that we lead into trivia, and it's Derek saying, you know, how hard the day is going to be, how nervous he is, this, that, and the other. But it's Brad that comes out. Uh, the, if, the, if there's a big loser of the day, which in my mind is the big winner, because again, we thank Brad and Jordan, you mind, Kayla, and I, and everyone else that got an incorrect answer. We thank you for letting TJ laugh in your face for our entertainment. We would get just as many of these wrong as they do. I know you're sitting there listening, saying, no, I would get all these right. These are easy. That's what we think outside the show. I think I think we would get some of these wrong. And I, th- I know I would get some of the ones that I could get right sitting here at home would get them wrong in the moment, the pressure of being on the show. But Brad, poor Brad, he messes up a couple times in a row. He starts with, we're going to say the second best wrong answer of the day, but it, it's, a, it's really a tie for first between Brad's two different miscues. It's just one doubles up on the other. So the first one, who was the first man to walk on the moon, Brad? Who was that? Now, bad Brad, there he is. Who was the first person to walk on the moon? <laughs> Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Poor Brad. That is incorrect. Shit. <laughs> oh my God, Brad. Oh, Brad, you just you can't wait to get wet, huh? Shit. Lance's the biker, bro. That's right. Wow, Brad. While embarrassing, I will say again, I told that's the type of question I totally get how you just, oh, Armstrong, and then you just blurt out the other super famous Armstrong that you know, and then realize immediately, wow, I look like an idiot. And yes, uh, that is that is what happened. But then Brad tops himself. Now, with this question, it isn't so much that he couldn't get the answer, although I do feel like uh, it, it, it's on the easier side. It's that he doubles down in confessional and then gets that wrong as well. And the whole moment is just wonderful. And that is why I'm going to go ahead and, you know, new award for the week. The best wrong answer in trivia of this season's trivia round goes to Brad. Take it away one more time. Bad Brad, you get this answer wrong and it's see you later, alligator. Name the four members of the Beatles. Oh, shit. The Beatles. I've got John Lennon for you, and I'm thinking about naming the disciples at this point. I'm going with Matthew, Matt, Luke, and John. Huh? I fucked that up. James? Oh, Brad. Oh, Brad. Let's just go ahead and throw a couple more out there. Chris and uh, Steve. (laughs) Let's go. Crank it. Let's go. Just incredible stuff. And as always, thanks to all of those folks putting their brains on the line for us. We get to laugh. We get to watch TJ have the time of his life. It's all wonderful. And as we, you know, as we said before, it's not just about the wrong answers. That's the entertaining side. The game side, though, the alliance uh, that has power sure certainly shows it. We said before, you know, Kelly, Kellyanne goes home immediately, or not goes home, gets eliminated from this particular game 
immediately. Veronica wins, having gotten the sabotage, which is very impressive to have started with one of your three strikes and end up being the sole winner. So very impressive from her. And then, you know, the only other thing really to discuss with the trivia day, uh, you know, hats off to Derek for winning. That's amazing. But is Brad not using the sabotage on anyone? Smart move or dumb move? Because... Part of me thinks smart move, uh, the whole idea being I don't want to you know, make anyone else mad. I had been picking on MJ because I started by picking on him, so I just kept with him, and that was easy. To just, I have one person that doesn't like me. Keep that person, and that's it. Now, this late in the game, do I really want someone else to not like me? But my thing with Brad there is, well, should you have given it to Jordan? Or does giving it to Jordan and then him losing – give him a reason to pick you into elimination. Because obviously the five guys with the kind of two alliance where Brad is the hinge between them, Derek and Mark over here with Brad as their third, Nehemiah and Wes over here with Brad as their third, Jordan on the outs, those five all want Jordan out. They all are in agreement. If Jordan doesn't win, you know, the likely candidate for whoever wins throws in is Jordan. But then who's he going to pick? None of them seem to know, maybe at this point at least. And so Brad, maybe it is the smart move to say, I'll put it on myself. I don't think I'm going to win anyways. And then there's no harm done. There's nothing. It doesn't give Jordan a reason to pick me, but it does give Jordan a chance, even though he totally blows it, to win the daily challenge. So I'm going to lean towards smart move, but I'm not 100% convinced. So that's your trivia day. That's the biggest, biggest storyline of the episode because it is the bulk of the episode as it should be. It's the most entertaining part. Couple other things to touch on though. Let's do a quick strategy corner uh, since we just kind of, leaned into that a little with Brad's decision. Let's start with Veronica. Uh, This episode, Veronica, you know, she wins, she's in power, she's got to make these strategic moves, and she ends up choosing John A to go in instead of Kellyanne, who going into this episode, you would have said, anyone in the treehouse wins, they're going to throw in Kellyanne. That, you know, probably unless she threatens maybe to, you know, if she threatens Kayla with Veronica, Veronica with Kayla, maybe not. But you would have said Kellyanne's the obvious target. Turns out not, but it's because Kellyanne offers something to Veronica where John A does not, nor does Naya, but I believe in in Veronica's mind, she's looking at, you know, I'm holding it down with Kayla and Ronnie. So of Kellyanne, John A, Naya, if I'm putting them on a threat level, they're all a threat, but I'm putting Kellyanne, John A slightly above Naya, you know, fair enough. And so she goes with Kellyanne or John A over Kellyanne because Kellyanne offers something up. And it might not be the biggest thing in the world, but saying a, hey, obviously I'm coming for your alliance, but if you save me this time, your name doesn't come out of my mouth either if I win the next daily or if I go into elimination and have to call someone else out. That is a pretty substantial offer. And that is, you know, that's the best Kellyanne can offer in the moment. It's a good job by her to do so. And it definitely pays off. I don't know if she would have picked Kellyanne or not for this elimination, but she leans towards Jane, who doesn't offer her anything by way of some sort of deal or trade-off. So smart move by Veronica there. I like it a lot. On Derek's side, Derek, as the winner, also has to make the big decision. But really, his decision comes down to, all right, the five of us want Jordan out, but also the five of us is really two pairs with Brad in the middle, and if Jordan goes in, who's he going to call out? Probably you, Mark, which is the part where I'm going to reference. I guess we'll we'll come back around to it. Uh, but does Mark have some sort of secret, like, guys, you can pick me, it's fine, agreement with everyone? Because it seems like they they know for sure they're, that Derek and Mark, when they talk, 
that they're convinced, hey, if I throw Nehemiah in, he's going to pick you, Mark, to go against. If I throw Jordan in, he's going to pick you to go against. So is from preservation standpoint, do you want to go against Nehemiah or Jordan? Mark, that convinces him, like, we got to go big. We got to go for Jordan, no matter what it does to me, possibly, which is the right move for Derek. It is Mark, yet again, being a great guy. Another, uh, it seems the these, these episodes really match up well with the seasons I'm doing every week on the rewatch, because yet again, this matches up very well with Battle of the Sexes 2, where Mark makes a big sacrifice at the end of the season and, you know, gives up himself, allows himself to be the final person eliminated so that his team will have a better chance in the final and that his buddy Eric can stay over him. Big, big moment. And in this moment, a slightly smaller version, a non-guaranteed version, but Mark saying, hey, if you throw in Jordan, that's the biggest move we can make. And yeah, we're pretty sure he's going to pick me, but that's okay. I'll go in against him. We got to try to get him out. So right move there. My my big question though, if he chooses Nehemiah, who does Nehemiah pick? Does Nehemiah pick Mark as well? Or does Nehemiah say, fuck it, I'll take out Jordan. I'll make a name for myself. Because something tells me the way Nehemiah has played the last few seasons and more the last two than this one. He's been a little more quiet on the game front because he doesn't need to be loud on the game front this season. But, you know, he's been willing to take big swings the last few seasons. He's come in with the attitude of, I'm here to prove how good I am and that I stack up with all of these legends of the game. So I could see a route where Nehemiah, if they if Derek picks him, says, you know what, I'll do it. We all want one person gone. We all know one person might whoop our ass in the final. I'll take him out. I'll take out Jordan. But maybe he would have also picked Mark. Maybe either way, Mark would have won. Who knows? But uh, it is one question I would love to know in that moment what if Nehemiah was thrown in, where he would have went to fully assess this decision by Derek. But ultimately, it works because they get Jordan out, which brings me back to does Mark secretly have a you can pick me, it's fine, guys type of agreement with everyone because it seems like he's if he's everyone's choice at this point and, you know, it was a little bit of a surprise early in the season where he got thrown in and they, it kind of was allowed to happen and it was kind of a seemed assumed in the house that it wasn't going to be a big deal, which was kind of the opposite of coming into the season where, you know, we've said for this season and season one, when he was on of, do these people feel some sort of reverence or, you know, uh, for Mark or, you know, some sort of responsibility to be like, Hey, that guy is the reason we're all here. Literally the entire reason this entire show exists. So like, Let's defer to him a little bit because we owe him one. We want to, you know, keep him happy. None of that seems to be the case. It seems like maybe, if anything, behind the scenes, he's told all of them, "Hey, guys, it's I got a lot going on. It's fine. If uh, if if you have no chance, if you have no choice, you don't know you don't know where to go. You don't have either a big strategic move to make. You don't have a big, cool, gonna be great for television make. You don't have someone your enemy, you hate, you really want to go against. If you just don't know what to do, you can pick me. It's totally fine." I'll continue to go in as long as I'm here. I wonder if he has that. It feels like that's the type of thing Mark maybe would say to everyone the same way in this moment he tells Derek, it's fine, throw in Jordan. If he calls me out, I don't care. Let's get the big move. Feels like that could happen. That's your strategy corner. Let's touch on the elimination while we're here. Uh, Obviously, you know, another, as we started this whole storyline segment off with the sporting events are the biggest part of a late season episode the elimination certainly a part of it. Not the greatest elimination in the world. Um, you know, pretty basic setup, a small amount of physical work to then just do a tangram puzzle. Pretty quick and simple, cut and clean. Um, 
which, you know, is, is great. Uh, it leaves me wanting a little bit. I'm still, you know, I feel like maybe All-Stars 1 was the best the best they've done so far of the All-Star seasons on what eliminations to do. Um, you know, maybe they're saving uh, a pole wrestle-like banger for the last one. It seems like there's going to be one more next week. Uh, maybe they're not. Maybe they decided after All-Stars 2, you know what, we're going we're gonna to ditch all of the super physical stuff uh, for All-Stars or the super, the head-banging stuff. A lot of it's still physical elements, but less you know, wrestling, running into each other, that sort of thing. But I do long a little bit for, you know, All-Stars 1 when it seemed like they were going with only the most iconic eliminations. Like, why? Like, give me not so fast. Let me see that every single season of All-Stars. It's a great one. Give me a pole wrestle. Give me, you know, something a little bit more developed than a pretty simple, basically just doing a, like, 8 to 10-piece Tangram puzzle, however many pieces this was. But... It is also, in its own way, an iconic, a staple event doing a Tangram puzzle. It is kind of back to the basics. So that other part of me is like, yeah, this is kind of very similar to like OG seasons. Like, you know, Ronnie was only on a couple of those early seasons. The only, when she was on the gauntlet, one of the eliminations they did three or four times was gather the pieces of a Tangram puzzle out of a pool and put that together. You know, so it does have that sort of callback, that nostalgia, but just the matchup of uh, Jordan versus Mark on the men's side. I'm like, I want to see, I want to see something great. And you know, this it was a so, it was a solid matchup. It but uh, but it wasn't it wasn't everything I would have definitely wanted. Let's start the ladies first quickly. Janae absolutely kicks butt. She dominates the Tangram puzzle super duper fast. She also crushes the weighted bag portion. Ronnie gets it a touch faster, but as they started finally commenting on in largely almost all the women at some point in this episode comment on Ronnie's is still an absolute beast. And so she, that thing flew up as did John A's, which was really maybe where John a won. It was keeping it very, very close through that first portion and not letting Ronnie get, you know, a 10, 15, 20 second lead because it looked like Ronnie was doing perfectly fine with the puzzle as well. It's just John a put it together like that. So hats off to her two elimination wins. Now we count the other one, even if Beth maybe quit, but to get in our, it was our wish for her coming into the season, get some elimination wins under her belt, round out that resume. She has done that. So happy to see that. So proud of her. So incredible. Great work from her on the men's side. Jordan goes down and I'm very bummed about it as a major Jordan fan. Uh, you know, I held, held nothing back in the preview of this season that that's my guy. I ride for him a lot. I was thrilled to see him back on this season and I was thrilled for the possibility of if he makes the final, I mean, he's going to wipe the floor in it. It just, it just is what it is, not just because of his track record, but because of the type of shape he is in now compared to even what he was in when he was winning finals, you know, a few years back. But mostly because the idea of if he gets to a final and wins, where does that, you know, put him, where does it help him? anywhere in the greatest of all time types of discussions as we get further into an all-star, you know, all-stars three start to really, these kind of count the same to me as flagship at this point, especially with the cast they got this time around. So I'm bummed that that doesn't come to fruition for sure. Um, as far as him versus Mark in this, it, do, it does take Jordan a lot longer to get the, the bag down and to get his puzzle pieces. And, you know, is that the end up being these, 
the only difference in the elimination? No, because, you know, when Mark finishes the puzzle, they both struggle on the puzzle a little bit. It takes a while. Either one of them could have won. But when Mark finishes, Jordan at the time has half his puzzle, and that's only because he still has the two biggest pieces on the board. He's kind of totally lost and, you know, continuing to reshuffle where, where, where's a good starting point here. So Mark wins, no, you know, all the way through. It is a little bit of a bummer that, you know, uh, that Jordan definitely has the struggles, um, on, you know, pulling the rope, but it is what it is. And my question with this one though, from a strategic standpoint, and it's another, I don't totally know the answer because I don't think there was a good answer or a bad answer, but should it have been obvious what they were doing and was it in the moment obvious what they were going to be doing to Jordan or to anyone else standing up there because you walk in and we don't get the good view at first I actually put in my notes that as we go in I always try to comment on you know do we see anything right away you know the obvious one is always if there's just a stick in the stand we know it's a pole wrestle great but if it's a big contraption if it's confusing we don't know and so what are the people calling out their opponents thinking but we don't get the full view that they do if we had the view they do as we later realize is there's a tower with a pulley cable going up and down it, but there's also right next to it on both of them a, a blank open triangle on a board, like a podium with a triangle on the top that clearly is a tangram puzzle that needs filled in. So you do know, if you look at it, you don't know maybe exactly how it's going to work, but you know it seems like we're going to have to do something with that pulley, and then we're going to have to put together a tangram puzzle. How much, you know, it's about the puzzle and how much there's going to be before the puzzle, we don't know. But, you know, the puzzle's coming. And so if, does, do they put that together? Someone of Jordan's strategic mind and brilliance in eliminations and in the game in general definitely thinks that through. So if he knows it's a puzzle, is there a better option than Mark? I don't know that between, you know, his options being Wes, Nehemiah, Brad, and Mark, it's not like any of them are some, you know, like, oh, that person is bad at puzzles, gets flustered at puzzles, let's go there. Maybe of those four, you'd say you'd put Brad at the bottom if you had to rank those four on puzzles, but I honestly don't even know what I'm judging that off of, and I could easily be wrong. It's one, I, the only one I'm thinking is maybe I feel like Wes just on experience and ability to stay calm. I'm not picking him, but uh, so it's kind of a toss up. It seems like he had his mind made up no matter what it was going to be. It was going to be Mark. So who knows? But Jordan goes out, he leaves the game, and he, as we said, does not enter the GOAT conversation. CT and Bananas are very happy. Wherever they are, they got to feel, you know, like they've dodged a bullet. They've, uh, you know, Jordan is one of the handful of people that are right behind Bananas and CT in that GOAT debate, in the best male player of all time debate, and is one the only one of those right behind him that really is in the position to actually continue and get themselves firmly and like, let's make this a debate of three and not two. And this was his chance because of the way we're starting to feel about All-Stars. If he would have won this and been like, you know, three out of six flagship, one of one, on All-Stars, another final. Both times I got eliminated from a show. It was kind of an iconic fashion. So there was a lot to go off of, but doesn't get to the final, doesn't get the win. So somewhere, Bananas and CT hear this. Either they might have heard this long ago. People talk in the challenge circle, I'm sure, or see this on TV and have breathe a sigh of relief. One less person they have to worry about in that debate. He still remains... Uh, very high up there for me for, you know, he's he's in the conversation for, you know, that top five is locked down. 
in the conversation for that third spot behind Bananas and CT, but doesn't fully enter the GOAT conversation. Then, random one-offs, just to cap off the storylines before the awards. Random one-offs, I don't really have a comment on it, but the episode opening with uh, the John A, Mark, I'm so sad, MJ's gone, Mark saying, I'll be your big, like, your big guy you can cuddle against. It's a little interesting, and it may, it at least, I have to admit, it made me start to slowly think my commentary a couple episodes back about Beth. Uh, maybe it wasn't 100% spot on. I don't know, but I didn't love that moment, hoping that's just kind of a bad edit that she's getting in that moment. Anyways, moving on, Kellyanne. Second episode in a row, I'm totally strong-arming another one of the women in the house without maybe meaning to or totally seeming purposeful, but her and Ronnie try to have the chat. Kellyanne tries to say, like, hey, can we, is there any, I don't even know what I'm asking or offering, but, like, you know, the three of you are kind of against me. Is there any way to change that? Maybe you want to be with me and Naya and John A and there's nothing reciprocated. And so Kellyanne then just drops the, okay, well, I don't want to say your name, but if I do, I apologize. And just complete and utter same as the week before of like, this conversation didn't really go anywhere. Great. I'm going to make a kind of veiled threat and then it'll be over. Great. Strong arm. Here we go. And I'm going on doing my business. Loved seeing that from her for the second week in a row. And then the only other random one off the, uh, the little party montage as always fantastic. Jordan walking the camera into the party. Loved it. The tipsy song drop. Fantastic. All around loved, loved, love everything about that. So those are all your different storylines. Let's move into our awards. Award number one, the best quote of the episode line of the episode monologue of the episode, because we got to expand this a little bit because the quotes are drying up fast on this season of All Stars. Uh, three nominees for this week, the first of which, and you know, two of the three even relate to trivia as everything in this episode pretty much relates to trivia. The first one, Wes, a proper little quick quip about they're all stars, but they're not bright. Let's hear, I just said the whole thing because there's not a lot to it, but let's hear it from Wes anyways. Just because it's all stars doesn't mean they're bright stars. Then there is Derek who announces the day in great fashion. I loved everything about this. Take it away, Derek. Does anyone ever feel excited about Trivia Day? It's almost like it should be called How Dumb Can You Look Day? I totally get that feeling without ever having done it. I can just imagine. And by the way, the, the anxiety on Derek's face, all of this is so genuine. This is, Derek is a great entertainer. He knows what he's doing on television in front of the camera, talking, all that at this point. But in these moments, they feel so genuine of him being legitimately the whole time, even every time he gets it right, those celebrations feel genuine. Everything about it is like he like hates, hates, hates having to do this trivia and hates that, you know, in times past, it hasn't gone well for him and that doesn't go well for almost anyone. So love that. How dumb can you look day? But the winner of the best quote is actually going to go to a monologue because I actually thought when Jordan starts speaking as he calls out Mark Long, uh, you could tell the moment, he, the first word out of his mouth, you're like, oh, he planned something. Okay. And you kind of, you kind of, they, they pan over to the reaction shot right away of the rest of the cast. And some of the rest of the cast are kind of doing rolling eyes type of facts of like, oh God, Jordan's going to say some crazy thing or whatever. 
And honestly, I kind of liked, I, I liked the whole monologue. So let's, uh, let's hear that Jordan call out the Godfather himself, Mark Long. All right, Jordan. You know, I got a tattoo on my leg that depicts the battle of Antaeus versus Hercules. Antaeus was born a god. Hercules was not. And it reminds me, TJ, that it's not what you're born with. It's how you decide to attack life. So tonight, I'm looking to slay a godfather. Mark, you're up. All right. So Mark and Jordan, come on down. That is your winner for quote of the week. Moving then to best moment of the episode. And guess what? It's trivia. It's just trivia, the whole thing. Because I wanted to say, you know, there's TJ giving away trivia by his smile and his laugh. Loved that entire moment. We played that for you already. I also loved the the exchange between Veronica and TJ about, hey, you should be on Jeopardy. Hey, you should be on Saturday Night Live. That was fantastic. Veronica, the only one-strike person killing it. Don't jinx me. Next question. If a doctor is a podiatrist, what do they specialize in? Feet. I don't know why you're on this show. You should be on Jeopardy. Like, <laughs> you're unbelievable, bro. You're okay. a comedian. You're perfect. I don't know why you're not on Saturday Night Live. Exactly. I don't either. <laughs> Veronica, that is correct. Brilliant stuff from them. Brad saying Martha as a disciple, just messing up all the different times, all the wrong answers that everyone gave us, everything about trivia, trivia in general, the entire daily challenge was the best moment of the episode. Then finally we come to the episode MVP. Uh, five people get some award or some not uh, some awards, some nominees, some votes for MVP. We got Brad giving us all the laughs, uh, somewhat smart strategic move by playing the sabotage on himself. Liked all of that. You get a vote or two. Brad, Veronica, kicks ass in the daily. Very entertaining throughout. She gets some votes, of course. Jeanne defends her crown, wins that elimination. Love, love, love that from her. She gets some votes for sure. Mark obviously wins an elimination, advises Derek. He does really well in the daily. He gets second place all around. Great episode for our guy, Mark. But we got to give the episode MVP to Derek. I know Mark was the one that won the elimination versus Jordan. That's a big deal. But Derek has the best episode in my mind because, you know, he wins trivia and the trivia was the biggest part of this whole thing. And he not only wins, but he's super entertaining throughout. He gives us the quotes, you know, throughout the whole thing. So this really came down to Veronica and Derek and Derek takes home this week's episode MVP. We move into updating the power rankings and there's definitely been a shakeup at this point now that we're down to 10 we'll just go ahead and give top five on both sides on the female side the top two don't change kellyanne one kayla two these are my two finals favorite if they're in the final i would pick one of the two of them i'd put kellyanne slightly above that's with respect to john a who is in third and who i think definitely can win this again pending the style of final and whatnot but she's Right there. I think any of the five women left could win, um, but I'm putting Kellyanne and Kayla at the top, and I think that both of them are likely to avoid the final elimination because I don't think there's going to be a female elimination. We'll talk about that in a moment when we get to predictions. But Kellyanne, Kayla, Jane, Naya, Veronica, and Veronica in fifth. Uh, I love you. You are my favorite. You are the original challenge superstar, but... We will talk momentarily why Veronica is in fifth. On the guy's side, 
Wes maintains his number one spot for me. He does have his first miscue of the entire season by doing the, I'm going to purposely get the first question wrong, which he does play it very right as far as making sure to tell us at home and plays the whole thing off. We know he gets it wrong where there's no debate about it, but uh, it doesn't work out the way he thinks it's going to do. I guess he's trying to think like, you know, you don't want to be the person with zero uh, because then at, you know, a few rounds into the game, people are gonna be like, oh, he has zero. And then it's going to be like three in a row, I guess. I don't know. So he wants to have one from the start or he wants to in the first round avoid giving an X to someone else to not be the first target for other people to have. I I don't 100% know where he was going. I wish he would have given a little more explanation, but first miscue doesn't cost him at all. Maybe he sees the last elimination, maybe not, but he would be my favorite of these five if these five remaining gentlemen ran a final. He's my pick to win of these five, so that's really why he locks down the top spot. Mark stays in number two, likely just because I he's number two over the next three simply because he is the one I think is the least chance to go into the final elimination, having been in two so far and seemed... Like, uh, we'll just get to, it seems like it's going to come down to Brad, Derek, and Nehemiah. Who ends up in the elimination? They're tied for third. I don't have them in third, fourth, fifth, because I have no idea uh, who between the three of them is going to end up in this elimination. I'll take Brad in the final, I guess, of those three very good competitors, all of which could win. All five of these guys could definitely, definitely win this final. Um, So maybe Brad gets third over Derek and Nehemiah just because if I had to break a tie of, I, I would slightly give him an edge in the final. But it feels like we're coming down to next week on the men's side. We've gotten to the very interesting spot of, Brad, you are officially the full-blown fulcrum. Now, there isn't a voting situation, so maybe it won't even come to pass that this matters as much, but it is Nehemiah and Wes over here, and Brad's their third. Brad's their good friend. You know, Wes was in his wedding, this, that, and the other. But then also, Mark and Derek over here, Brad's their good friend. He's been playing the last few seasons with them. He does a bunch of the Challenge Mania events with Derek. They're real big boys. So where is he going to fall? He's going to be put between them. Who gets, you know, who wins the daily challenge? Who is thrown into the elimination? Who's picking, or who do they pick to go against? You know, Nehemiah and West, they're not going to pick each other. Mark and Derek, they're not going to pick each other. Does that mean they're all picking Brad? Does that mean they're guaranteed picking someone from the other side and Brad is actually the only one safe? I do not know, but... I'm leaving Wes at the top of the power rankings. Finally, then on to the predictions for next week, which is where we've got to talk about the completely obvious giveaway that the editing job did this episode, which is also the part, none of this is spoilers. This is all coming straight from the exact thing we just watched, and they completely and utterly telegraph something that is going to happen next week that they allude to in the next week on. So if you're like, I didn't if you're one of those people that doesn't watch next week on and you truly want to know absolutely nothing, you the moment that the credits hit uh, or the moment next week on pops up at the end of the episode, you're like, nope, done, out. I don't listen to any, I guess you wouldn't not listen to any podcast you're listening to this one, but you know, you don't want any, any, anything except your own thoughts and ideas. Well, maybe you tune out right now because one of the predictions, and we just alluded to with Veronica, has to do with Veronica. Quickly, we'll check in on our preseason predictions, take their first ever hit uh, as far as finalists and winners. We had named eight finalists, Wes, Nehemiah, Brad, Mark, Kellyanne, Kayla, Veronica, Ronnie. Ronnie, the first to leave from that group, so we could still get seven out of eight, but 
really our best chances. Six out of eight. We said Wes and Kellyanne would win. That is still in play. For this week's episode, we went over three on predictions. I said Brad would use the sabotage on Jordan, Kellyanne on Kayla. Neither one correct. I said Wes would win trivia. Not correct. And I said Naya and Jordan would go out together. Jordan went out. Naya not with him. So also incorrect. For next week, though, the first prediction is that Veronica is sent home due to her foot, and that is because they telegraphed this straight up in this episode. They, you know, they're right before the party scene. They're back from the Daily Challenge. Veronica and Derek are hanging out, getting ready, and they do this very quick but random, uh, oh, by the way, Veronica fell on the stairs, and she says, you know, she fell, and she's just laughing it off, but then they pan to her foot, And it's maybe starting to get a little swollen, but it's very obvious like, hey, we need to take 25 seconds real quick to let you know that Veronica fell down the stairs and maybe hurt her foot. And that's the only thing we're going to touch on it. She's not even going to like say really say anything about it other than just to laugh. We're not even going to show you her falling, anything like that. But we just need to get this little quick 25 to 30 second comment in about Veronica fell and pan to her foot and show her foot after saying that she fell. And then on the next week on, we hear TJ say before the daily challenge, I'm really, really sad about this, but unfortunately you're going to have to go home. So someone leaves next week uh, for a non-eliminated via elimination reason. And I would, I would assume that that is telegraphed. That is Veronica being sent home because maybe she hurt her foot kind of bad or ankle kind of bad falling on the stairs. So that is prediction number one. That's a bummer if that comes to fruition. It's both a bummer that it happens, but also a bummer of, you know, it's really the editing job of this show is really, really hard of, you know, how to foreshadow, how to set up stories, how to, how to do any of it. It's all, it's an incredibly hard job, both the technical side of it, obviously, and the creative side of, you know, what story to tell, how to tell that story. Um, And, you know, would it be weird if next week it was suddenly just, hey, Veronica, you got to go because your foot's hurt. And we never told anyone when you did that. But it all and, you know, would it would it be even less suspenseful if they spent more time on it in this episode? And we're like for a minute and a half, we're going to like, you know, we're going to show her fall. We're going to have her talk about it repeatedly. We're going to have her do the like. My foot, you know, it doesn't feel great, but, you know, I'm saying I'm not going to elimination night. So it's fine. Nothing. It's totally fine. You know, who knows? Uh, Maybe just don't put that in the next week on that someone's going home like that, uh, because then again, it's pretty easy to put the two pieces together. And I'm someone who doesn't like to put the pieces together, but I usually feel safe watching next week on this time. I feel like uh, a major event was just told, which leads me to my second prediction. Then if I'm right on the first one, Veronica sent home. Then my second prediction is there's no female elimination and the other four women are in to the final. I don't think they're going to drop that number down all the way to three. I think they're looking to go four and four on both sides. And if one of the women has to go home due to injury, guess what? The rest of you are straight into TJ's final. So congrats if that comes true. My final then prediction, one that's actually a true prediction and isn't been tipped off by the editing of this episode we just watched is that I'm going to go out on a limb, and part of this is just me wanting to see this happen for just how incredible it would be. I believe I mentioned it multiple times in the season preview podcast, but if there's got to be one more male elimination, I think that somehow, some way, it's going to be you know one of Mark and Derek versus one of Nehemiah and Wes. I have a feeling that Wes maybe 
would be willing to kind of fall on the sword a little for Nehemiah if need be, or if it comes to like, it could be either of us to maybe step up and say, go, go ahead and choose me. So I'm going to go with the, the prediction of the bold prediction. Final male elimination will be West versus Derek in a pole wrestle, and it will be duel all over again. It'll be incredible. It'll be what I wished for to start the season. It'll be a momentous, momentous event. Um, that's the prediction. So West versus Derek in the pole wrestle. Let's see. I mean, that would be truly, truly special television if we got that. So those are your predictions. Those are everything. Episode seven trivia day is over. What a wonderful trivia day it was. And as is this podcast over as well. Thank you so much for being here. As always, hit that follower subscribe button, throw a five-star rating our way if you feel so inclined. If you want to get in touch, I very much loved, loved, loved hearing from some of you over the last week about some, you know, some ideas for the podcast, some, you know, ideas for all the content, some tips, some help, some other people just saying, hey, love what you're doing. So appreciate that. It's such wonderful to hear things of that nature. So if you ever want to get in touch for any any reason, as long as it's constructive, if you want to tell me good job, hey, thanks. I'll really appreciate that. If you want to tell me, hey, I think this would be really cool or I think you could do this a little different and it would make it better, I absolutely want to hear it. If you just want to say you suck, well, you can get blocked. That's fine. But slide into the DMs at Challenge Historian on Instagram if you ever want to get in touch for any single reason, question, comment, concern, anything at all. Would love to hear from you. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here. We will be back next Monday. Inferno 2, get watching. Fire up Paramount+. Plus. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you have Paramount+, Plus because you're watching All-Stars. So fire it up. Get on binging this weekend, season 10, The Inferno 2, and listen right along as we recap it next Monday. Until we talk then, peace.